Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode number 61. And today we are joined by Vejayanti Pugalia, who is the owner at Sonali's Cubo, as well as the table tailor. And she's also the founder of the Kiddopreneur Summit. And this is her second time on our podcast and she's got a very exciting and um, interesting new venture that she plans on sharing with us hello how are you i am fine joanna hello everyone it's wonderful to be here great it's so nice to have you back to talk about your new venture the kiddopreneur summit but before we we dive into that i just want to um remind people and just new listeners who haven't um heard you before you were on our podcast before you were episode number three where you spoke to us about creativity and am I too creative and it was a really interesting chat about how you got into the two businesses that you're running now and you spoke to us about your blog and growing up in the household that you come from and how everything just kind of worked together the universe was read the stars were aligned and you, you got into the work that you were doing. So you are based in Kolkata, in India. Yes, that's right. Yes, you're the owner right. of Sonali's Cuba and the Table Tailor. And under yes. the brand of Sonali's Cuba, you have facilitated many creative workshops on soft mm-hmm. skill training for children mm-hmm. as well as for women. And that's right. in the past several years, you have been involved with various with various um, sort of deportment and um, and refining young people as a as a teacher, mm-hmm. and you work with numerous children from various schools across the city in areas of etiquette and mannerisms and so on. That's mm-hmm. what your business does. So Nali's Cuba is also involved with culinary and linguistic workshops as well. So you are mm-hmm. you're essentially grooming the entire child on everything from deportment and food and language to to just to just general things like how to stand well, how to stand mm-hmm. well, and and all those kinds of things. And you are also involved with uh, Women Entrepreneurs of India, the Sanmar mm-hmm. Women Entrepreneurs of India. You are mm-hmm. trained in Indian classical music, mm-hmm. and you do a lot of philanthropic, philanthropic, philanthropic work. I can't even say the word sometimes, that word. Philanthropic <laughs> work with various uh-huh. NGOs. You are a very busy lady. And adding new ribbon to your bow, here mm-hmm. goes. You are now involved with the Kiddopreneur Summit. That's right. And yes. the Kiddopreneur Summit was one of the first of its kind, uh, of its kind held in India in Kolkata um, on the twelfth of June. So just sixteenth, sixteenth of June. Okay, the sixteenth of June. So it wasn't that that's long right. ago, and no. that's what you're here to talk to us about. So welcome again, and tell us all about your new venture what it is, and why it is so important, the Kiddopreneur Summit. Um, Thank you, Joanne. Actually, um, I have been working with children from now nearly 15 years uh, in the domain that you just talked about, that is etiquette and public speaking and, uh, you know, parallels like um, internet safety or linguistic workshops, etc. But um, one thing that I kind of saw which was missing in the children is how to be forespoken, you know, how to just 
stand out uh, amongst the crowd, how to just face the world, the challenges, how to be just ready for tomorrow. And um, I realized that uh, these children are getting fantastic grades uh, at school, but uh, they all come to me for different workshops. But when it comes to, uh, you know, being up smart, somewhere they're lacking. And, um, you know, and then the research began and I was just wondering how will they to face tomorrow's world when maybe they are becoming entrepreneurs or they're doing a nine to five job. And that's when I thought, you know, it's about time that I, you know, do an extensive research myself and probably try and bring to the children something like, uh, you know, on the lines of child entrepreneurship. And that's when I started to do this um, training for children where I would teach them child entrepreneurship and um, yes and that's how um, you know uh, I started to research and I came across these wonderful prodigies uh, you know all under 18 um, whom I, I started to like uh, uh, read about and search about you know and uh, uh, just probably try and uh, bring such children forward and that's what gave me the idea that why not, uh, you know, have a summit and uh, uh, let children know, along with the adult community, that there's so much of talent under 18. And how can these children become so far forsaken, so up smart, so uptight? So why not learn from them? And that's how I thought of curating the Kidopreneur Summit. Yeah. Wow. So it's, it seems like it was just a natural progression for you. You were already working with young people and you identified that this was something that was missing. Yes, yes. Actually, you know, because um, um, I was teaching uh, child entrepreneurship and I could see how the minds of these young children were working in that one week long workshop that I was doing. And when I would like tell them about, you know, there's this this is boy who's just 17 and he's a scientist and who's done remarkably wonderful at his job or this wonderful girl who's just 15 and is a philanthropist and is doing amazing uh, giving back to the society. They would be like thrilled and they would like want to know more about it. So I thought, why not give it a larger platform? Uh, you know, call the different uh, uh, demographic of the audience from different parts of the community and talk something which is larger than life. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit exactly what the Kiddopreneur Summit is. I'm going to let people know that your website is www.thekiddopreneursummit.com. And it's such a vibrant and active website and there are young people <laughs> all over it and you're supported yes. by merchants chamber of commerce and industry obviously your own company and the telegraph and there's lots of different people supporting your initiative yes. so exactly yes. what is it is it a one-day event is it a series of events tell us exactly what the what it is well, this year, 2018, saw the Maiden Summit uh, in the form of the Kidopreneur Summit, and which I curated, keeping in mind that I would want to tap onto young talent, uh, young entrepreneurs, uh, young business doing bodies under the age of 18. Because above 18, there are a lot of platforms which probably give you a lot of, uh, you know, know-how into the outer world. Uh, you're nearing 2021. There are a few platforms available 
available. But under 18, to start something at a young age and to bring it forward in front of uh, the public, it's difficult. So I wanted to like create that platform. And um, I brought children from different parts of the country. Uh, some came from Chennai, some came from Delhi, Mumbai, um, Kozikode, Patna. These are the different cities, uh, you know, in India. And they were like philanthropists and scientists and agro-scientists and, uh, you know, filmmakers. And can you imagine all under 18 or just 18? And they shared the platform with the already established stalwarts of the business, mm. uh, you know, having big names. And they talked about, uh, you know, why starting early is, is essential. And there were like views coming in from, uh, you know, the, the business community in the form of the stalwarts and also from this kidopreneurs, which sent out the message to the crowd that it's never too early to start. You know, that's the reason the tagline of my summit is because age is just a number. Yeah. Right. Right. And now in terms of kid entrepreneurship, why do you think it's important to uh, teach children entrepreneurship or to see um, everyone to cannot to yeah. to encourage it in young people? Why do you think that's important? Yes. You know, I think all around the world, Joanna, it's not possible for everyone to be entrepreneurs. All right. But to have an entrepreneurial mindset is very important. So what is an entrepreneurial mindset? You know, someone who is, um, you know, forward in speaking, who is confident, who knows how to sell his services or his product, who is basically uh, a scientist in making uh, himself, you know, someone who is good uh, is, is at his or her job, who is a leader, who is a visionary. That is what an entrepreneur is. And just imagine if you apply all the skills, even to a nine to five job by having just a mindset of an entrepreneur, how much more, uh, you know, uh, credibility you can give to your job? How much uh, deliverance can be better if all of the skills are incubated in you, even if you are in the service industry? And that's what I wanted to, uh, you know, uh, make children aware of. Right, right. And because this is something I'm very passionate about myself and something I believe in. And I think that um, every society needs entrepreneurs. And like you said, not everyone is going to be an entrepreneur, and that's perfectly fine. Not everyone's going to be a doctor. Not everyone's going to be a lawyer. We need different people to run our societies. But what I find interesting is that kids learn about every profession in school, but they don't learn how to be an entrepreneur. And mm -hmm. I think organizations such as yours are, are very important because you are, you're filling that gap. That the, I, I really believe the educational system is outdated. And I say this as someone who teaches myself. Mm -hmm. lecture. Mm -hmm. um, it's not in line with the reality of today. And I mm -hmm. think entrepreneurship should definitely be taught in schools. And when I say entrepreneurship, obviously, I mean all the things you've mentioned, you know, mm -hmm. in addition to how to spot opportunities, how to solve problems, how to innovate, how to constantly um, come up with ideas and identify problems. And I think what, what you're doing is really, really filling that gap because there aren't, the, the, the government isn't doing it and the mm -hmm. educational system isn't doing it. So it's, mm -hmm. it's really, really important. So what are your thoughts on, on that, particularly in India? I mean, we hear about, 
young entrepreneurs in places like the US and certain parts of Europe, but what is the culture like in, in India around promoting entrepreneurship amongst young people? Yes, you are right, uh, Joanna. You know, it's, it's really still very set back. Uh, and that's the reason why uh, when I started to talk about my vision to even like my presenting partners this year, as you just said, Merchants Chamber or um, any other um, uh, partner or associate, it, they were like startled, you know, because they kind of love the idea for the very simple fact that um, in India, there's not much of a, a you know, a, a public view which is given to such innovators. Maybe a local media covers a story about certain child doing very good, but not at a larger podium. Uh, too much of pressure, you know, from the parents to just deliver good grades. Uh, yeah. Probably same from the schools and the education community. So basically, uh, in India, when I started the, the idea of floating about the summit, I wanted to send out different messages to the different sections. Like I wanted to tell the schools to incubate entrepreneurship as one of the cells in their, in their curriculum, you know. And I'm so lucky because after the summit, I've got so many offers from different schools in the city who want me to come and start an entrepreneurial cell in their school. So I'm happy that the message was very well accepted by the institutions here. Or um, I wanted the merchant community to come forward and see so much of wonderful startups are happening under the age of 18. And they should come forward to embrace, you know, such uh, amazing innovations. And I cannot tell you that so many innovations, you know, because my summit saw many innovators who showcase their ideas and their, their startups there at the summit. Uh, so they are getting a lot of, uh, uh, you know, scope uh, to work with these stalwarts because these stalwarts are showing interest to, you know, get them involved in their business, probably support them monetarily or otherwise. And very, very essentially, Joanna, I wanted to send out the message to the parents, you know, that let the children breathe, let them live their dreams in case they want to do something, you know, give them that space to grow and find out, learn, you know, make them make the mistakes and pick it up from there and make them into their strength. And to the children, I just wanted to tell them that, you know, don't wait until tomorrow that you become graduates and then plan your career as to what you want to do. Take motivation from these young children who have come all the way from different parts of the country. See that they started their career at the age of 10 or 11 and they are just like under 18 now and they are balancing their education and at the same time, they're working on their passion. So it's all right if you want to do it but the idea is that that desire should come in within, you know. So that yeah. is exactly what I wanted to do through the summit. Great. And it's well, it's been well received because this is your first time doing it. And you yeah. manage. Let's talk about this from a logistical and planning perspective. How in your first go were you able to get people, these young people to come from all over India and and, and, and bring it all together. What, how, how did you do that? First of all, thank you for doing it. Um, I commend you for doing it because it seems like a mammoth of a task. 
it is it is i cannot tell you it was so so difficult to just uh, you know convince people about uh, the summit and tell them uh, that you know a certain thing is going to happen and uh, but trust me each community whether it was uh, the industry body like the merchants chamber or my knowledge partners like the Ernst and Young or uh, you know the ace newspaper the telegraph or uh, you know outreach partners like the community uh, organizations like rotary or our very own all ladies league wef they all supported me uh, for this summit because they just loved the idea where i saw three generations of entrepreneurs sharing the stage and talking about the future growth of our nation and that uh, you know trying to tell the audience that that is possible only when you start young yeah 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 definitely so now let's um dive into some of the amazing young people that were that were at the summit this year they're all on your website you've got they are yeah i see um co-founder and president of go dimensions and yes, e-design yes. technologies and all these very sophisticated sounding companies and then you look <laughs> and you see these small sweet little faces you know these companies yeah. are all being run by young people so tell us a little bit about the boys and girls who are um who are involved they run a a wide gamut you've got musicians and yeah. you have scientists so or children involved in science so tell us a little bit about the young people involved uh well there i had around like uh, 13 kidopreneurs who shared the stage with the stalwarts and um well uh, it would be unjustified if i don't name all of them but uh, just to give you an idea um i had uh, Uh, Sri Lakshmi Suresh, who is from Chennai, she started her career uh, at the age of ten, and she has a title for being the youngest CEO in the world. And um, she has designed more than seven hundred websites till now, and she is just uh, you know around about eighteen. And um, it was just fantastic to hear her journey and at the same time you know we had uh, uh, rifat sharuk who again from chennai 18 year old boy who has made the smallest satellite in the world which is already launched by nasa and uh, you know that is again phenomenal to talk about and tell those children out there in the audience to take motivation from and there were so many from my own city kolkata i had a very young chef at the age of 15 called ragini puddar and uh, can you imagine joanna she is actually a professional uh, chef and uh, she actually does catering uh, with amazing uh, cakes and pastries and savories and she's been doing this i think from the last 2 years that means she must be around 12 13 years old when she started and she is doing it professionally or um again another boy from my city called uh, archik banerji and amazing musician uh, at a, such a young age of uh, 16 year old and uh, an amazing instrument tabla player and has recorded uh, so many uh, re- you know records and played the finest musicians of our country so i cannot tell you the powerhouse of young talent uh, on the stage that was there on the 16th of june because 
everyone who came as an audience was mesmerized so to see and uh, you know such amazing talent and to have the icing on the cake uh, i had zuni chopra and she is uh, uh, mr vidhu vinod ji chopra's daughter who happens to be one of the finest and ace filmmaker producer in my country and um, and leading film producer and uh, they came forward to support the summit and their daughter zuni is a fine fine writer and she started her career uh, approximately at the age of 14 and she already has written uh, you know uh, two or three novels to her credit already so i can't tell you that uh, uh, how much of uh, work these children have already done in their in their career and they have just probably not even past uh, 18 years so that is what i wanted to bring forward you know that uh, uh, it's never too early to start and uh, Uh, you know how these children shared their journey and told to the crowd that what are the kind of hurdles that they had to face and how how they, they could convince their parents that they want to do something how did they arrange the funds from uh, to you know start on to their idea so yes it was really really interesting hearing these children out yeah and you you had a lot of interest so that means it's something that people are really interested in people are keen on it's it's very popular it's something that the market is ready for it sounds like it's something that the parents are ready for that's uh something i really want to touch on as well because india like where i am in china are very um cultured and when i say cultured i mean you've got both countries have thousands of years of history and culture mm-hmm. and they're also very conservative countries in terms of how parents approach education mm. with their children you know india and china are very similar in that way you know you you study to become a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer you work hard there's mm-hmm. a lot of pressure to yeah. excel and very cliched on very ed- cliched on education i think these two countries have this in common for sure and mm-hmm. how are the parents um what is their reaction are all of the parents just happy to have their 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 children involved in this kind of event are they they support obviously you have kids who are there because their children their parents are supporting them but is that the norm or is it still kind of taboo and parents want their kids to do the kind of traditional route i i'm really curious about what it's like with the parents of these young people <clears throat> um no you know joanna still it's it's a big time taboo and um uh, that's the whole uh, concept behind the summit was to break that uh, methodology which was going on um in india still there's a lot of pressure from the parents uh, to the children you know and they keep telling them that the, the parents keep telling the children that this is not the time for you to think of anything else concentrate on your studies get good grades and there that comparison that the parents have you know uh, with the other children it's like that they are in a competition and they expect that their children should just race along with them you know um i was just speaking uh, lately at a summit somewhere else and uh, when i spoke about my upcoming summit in that particular enclave uh, so many uh, people present in the audience told me that they know of so many children who are having nervous breakdowns because their parents are not allowing them to just think free and do free and um, how yeah. they wanted these children to come and 
see uh, and parents to come and see this summit, you know, so that the parents get more motivated than the children to allow the children to breathe, you know, their dreams there. Yeah, that's and that's very typical in China. I don't I don't know what child suicide is like in India, but China has got the second highest rate of suicide amongst young people right after um, South Korea. And no, no, uh, you you are right. Even in India, when the the results come out, and it's like a dooms time for all the children, and yeah. um, you know, it's you hear so many stories about children yeah. committing suicide during that part. Yeah, so it's definitely, widely known. It's widely known and understood in East Asia that yes, like, yes, because as China. I told you, you know, the competition is not amongst children. The it's competition is more between parents. You know, oh, yeah. yes, same way in China. I mean, as a mm. teacher, you see how the parents are so competitive with each, with each other you know and right. it, it's a ruthless kind of competition but you know i get it i understand it when you come from a country that has billions of people education right. it has a high premium i completely understand but you see how the children struggle and you you know you look at every child and you realize they have their strengths and weaknesses and some children just are not academic but they're mm -hmm. very good in terms of mm -hmm. being confident and they have their ideas and they know how to, to, like you said, how to sell an idea and how to speak well. And I, and I sometimes sit back and look at some of my students and I think that child is going to be such a good business person one day. You know, because but, there's another reason, Joanna, because the parents, they want to... Uh, let the children walk on the path mm. that is already proven and certified. They don't yeah. want that their children as innovators, they try and do something parallel because that would involve risk that would not know what success would bring to them. So that's the reason they want the children to probably just be that typical defined professionals, which are already existing. Uh, and not somewhere in between, you know. So that is where a lot of think, uh, thinking power of the children and a lot of growing and a lot of ideas just get completely wasted. Yeah, and, and what you said is so crucial. They want their children to take a path that is tried and tested. So we know yes. if you go to a ABC university, you're going to get a good job at ABC company or become mm -hmm. a doctor, lawyer, engineer, dentist, what have you, what have you, and mm -hmm. it goes on. But that's, that's not the path for every child. And I think it's, it's scary, I guess, for parents. I mean, I'm not a parent, you're a parent, but I guess it's scary that um, when, when, when you, to let your child have that kind of freedom, knowing that they could fail and potentially you don't want them to have a hard life. So you mm -hmm. think you're making it easier for them, perhaps, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. But um, I think at the same time, you kind of have to let them go out there and, and do their thing. And if that thing is entrepreneurship, then why not? Yeah, it's a long way, though, in my country to actually let uh, the children uh, be entrepreneurs and then probably think of doing something else. It's, it's, it's difficult. It's still a long way to go. The mindset is still very rigid. So I think it's, it's a big hurdle to cross now. It's like it's going to take a lot of time, a lot of hard work. Yeah, but we know that small businesses and entrepreneurs are the backbone of, of any thriving economy. So if mm -hmm. children can start building their businesses now and learning now, you're really creating the next generation of innovators and, and entrepreneurs in, in your country, which is so important. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that's that is that is the whole vision behind uh, me curating this summit or teaching child entrepreneurship uh, at my workstation because uh, these are the future, uh, you know, taxpayers uh, of tomorrow. They are the future industry of tomorrow, and they need uh, to be given that space now. They need to be taught that it is okay to unlearn it is okay to make mistakes and it is open to create your own path you know that is it is uh, it is very important yeah and in terms of teaching entrepreneurship can you tell us exactly what are you teaching are you teaching them how to write a business plan are you teaching them what are you teaching them are you teaching them how to develop an idea what are the kinds of things that um the children learn not the ones at the yes. summit, but generally. Yes, yes, yes. So when I talk about uh, teaching uh, child entrepreneurship, basically, um, you know, I help the child uh, who comes to me understand that what a big idea is and how to go around implementing that on paper. Uh, you know, what are the kind of hurdles? Uh, what are the kind of raw materials? Or what are the kind of, uh, uh, you know, budgeting that one needs to do in order to start that business? Like for an example, in one of my workshops, there was, uh, a, you know, uh, a group of children. I always like to team them up in groups because I think the first thing that they have to learn is teamwork because an entrepreneur if they say I'm a self-made man is actually a lie because Mm. I don't think anyone is self-made you know even if uh, you know um, you are depending on your family or anyone so that time or money or uh, you know a little help that you're getting from your family also is a part of you being successful so to say that uh, I'm a self-made man is a total lie so I start by grouping them up and yeah, and um, putting them into teams. So, you know, in one of my last workshops, I had this team of children who wanted to uh, make and sell kaleidoscopes. So they are, you know, homemade kaleidoscopes made out of uh, paper and stuff like that and probably do a small business out of it by selling it to other children, uh, you know, as return gift for birthday parties or at school seminars, etc. So, uh, you know, I, I help them how to, what are the raw materials they need, how should they draw the plan about it and um, what is the kind of profit percentage they can expect? Uh, what is the kind of time that they would need to give to it? Keeping in mind that they have to take care of their studies, um, you know, and then once the plan is ready, the basic what they need is a fund. So then I tell them that, uh, okay, now is a time when you have to pitch. So they actually sit in front of live audience, which happens to be the parents mm. and they pitch the idea to the parents that, you know, this is my business plan and we are here to make kaleidoscope and we want to make so-and-so a product in a month. And uh, yes, and this is my plan and they pitch the entire uh, project in front of the parents. So, you know, they even learn how to pitch, how to market, how to publicize and how to build a business all around that big idea, which they think that they want to do business with. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. You have, you have adults that never learn those things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably. Uh, it's good to put it alphabetically, you know, as like we learn English, probably uh, if alphabets teach us to uh, speak and write and uh, uh, learn English. Similarly, probably I'm trying to uh, put uh, the child entrepreneurship in alphabets for these children to take it forward. 
Yeah. And for, for those listening in who perhaps want to start something similar in their own countries, as you know, our audience are all early stage female entrepreneurs in developing economies all around the globe in Africa, in Asia, the Middle East, the Caribbean, Latin America, and they may be interested in starting something themselves. How, how would you suggest they go about doing it or what steps or how, what would you recommend that they do first to begin? See, I have been a person who's always tried to do something new because I feel that uh, if I talk about myself, uh, you know, once I feel that one idea of mine or one work of mine, like for example, in my workstation, if I'm teaching one particular module to children, I want to grow from there. Otherwise, I feel that the creativity gets lost somewhere. So if you want to start something new, uh, the first thing is that I believe one needs to know the in and out of it, you know, like you need to be thorough in your approach, in your vision, in your concept, so that you don't get uh, stuck up anywhere in uh, talking about it to people or explaining it to your customers or uh, to your clients about the same so that uh, that confidence come forward, you know, that, okay, this woman, she knows knows what she wants to deliver. That is very important. And I think secondly, um, again, what is important is that it's all right if your work or your business is not giving you returns uh, at an early stage. But if you are confident that this is something which is going to hold on because what you are delivering is uh, passionate enough and uh, you know something which is going to really create an impact because you're going to give your 100% to it, then it is very important to stick with it because you just can't expect that the returns are going to come you know, as quickly as you have tried to put in your hard work. Because so I think anyone who wants to start something new, you have to be thorough in your approach and you have to stick to the plan and, you know, uh, at least give it six months or a year to settle it down. Okay. Okay. And then, so, but what steps should they take? Uh, Should they first um, do research to see if there's interest in something like this Or should they get a team of other entrepreneurs together and see if they'd like to collaborate on it? How would they just get themselves in initially? See, collaboration, I think, Joanna, is one on its own. So if you ask me, uh, I've always worked alone. You know, it's always been uh, uh, my ideas. And I always say that I'm like a one-woman army. So that's each one to its own preference, depending upon the kind of project that one wants to do. But yes, it is important to, uh, you know, probably uh, do some research on what you want to start with, uh, who your clients can be, what kind of a basic return you can expect. Uh, You know, uh, is it new enough to be accepted? Because it's no point in starting something which is already there. And if you want to do something which is already there, in the market then what is that one thing which is different which the others are not uh, having in their place so I think it is unless your idea is fresh it's new and um, it is acceptable by the customers it is a little difficult to survive and 
one cannot just be hasty enough to just start something because you have to and you want to. And so it's important to be a little different in order to be accepted. Because if you ask about me in my career of the last 15 years, whatever module I pick up to teach um, or to run at my end, I've always tried to keep that little uh, difference in what is available in the market. And probably that is why, um, you know, my ideas are very well accepted. Right. So it's like everything else, you have to make sure that the market is, is ready for what you're, what you're about to deliver. And how long have you had this idea before you actually decided to commit to it and make it happen? Oh, don't, uh, I was like, it was, I think, in the month of February, that's when I, um, you know, wanted to do uh, something on the lines of child entrepreneurship. And trust me, I did not know that it's going to land up in me curating a summit. So I started with, as I told you, with my workshops. And uh, from February, as I started to teach the children, I thought, why not even have a summit? And you know what? Initially, I was supposed to have the summit in the month of April but mm. because of the kind of influence that it was creating um, I, I had to shift it to June in order to make it uh, bigger and better and uh, yes so I think um, I started to work on this uh, from the last like about four months yeah four five months yes wow and now you can you can essentially say that you have launched India's first summit for kid entrepreneurs Yes, which saw three generations of entrepreneurs. So when I say three, these kidopreneurs and first generation entrepreneurs and the business stalwarts sharing the stage, talking about innovation, motivation. How did this start young? How did this start early? So yes, I can proudly say that uh, it has created a new wave, uh, which probably uh, should all come on as full force and more people should uh, actually bring such young talents uh, you know, forward so that more children and more institutions and more uh, business houses uh, come forward to support such lovely startups. Yeah, well, it is quite an achievement. So congratulations again. And I I want to thank you for the work that you're doing because it is so important, um, not just in India, but around the world. And for you to start something the first of of, of its kind in your country, I can only imagine where it's going to go, what you're going to do next. I I guess now it's going to be a yearly event. And it's just me, everyone, everyone. (laughs) You're right. Everyone who just came or my associates who got uh, attached uh, to the summit uh, uh, with their logos, they all were like, you have to do this annually. So I'm happy that it was a tough journey, uh, a vision which was tough to make people believe in. But yes, I think now it's actually turned into an annual summit. Yeah, and it's going to grow from impact to impact. And soon you will have a, a group, a, a real group of, of kidopreneurs that you can say, okay, in five, 10 years, let's see where they are and, and track their progress and actually show people on the ground the work that you're doing and how it's really benefiting young people and the country, essentially. Mm, yes. And, and the yes. country as well. Yeah, okay. So... How can um, our community support you? Um, what is it that you, that you need now uh, to, to make the next or the second kidopreneur a success? Do you need help with anything? Do you need people? Are you looking for collaborators or partners? 
I think what I'm just looking now, uh, Joanna, is for, uh, you know, people to come forward and suggest uh, young innovators to me, you know, because it was very tough, uh, uh, you know, to uh, get my kidopreneurs, search them and uh, get the vivid, uh, uh, you know, uh, children on board as panelists. There are numbers of them, but it is difficult to trace them. And... Um, what I just want from people is to, you know, connect uh, through to me, through my mail, which is there on my website. And if they come across young prodigies under 18, um, you know, they should shoot me a mail or connect me to that child so that, uh, you know, next year I can invite them to come and speak at the summit and motivate many children out there. Definitely. And are you open to having people come from other countries or are you? Yes. I just wanted to tell about that, that actually now my vision for next year is to actually move from a pan-India summit to a pan-global summit and right. actually invite children from out of my country to come to India and talk about their entrepreneurial journey. Children who are under 18, children who are doing small work, but amazing work uh, children who are believing in their projects you know because it's very important to show that inspiration so yes my next vision is that I really want children from different parts of the world to come and speak at my summit so yes I think um, I'm really I hope and I pray that um, I'm able to reach at, at a place where I can have children coming uh, from different different countries and talking about their passion and line of work that is so exciting so yeah I hope everyone listening has heard that the next step is to have young people coming from all around the world so if you know of any young people who are interested please reach out and get in touch and how can we get in touch with you uh, do you want to give us your email address or direct us to a specific website Yes. So my website, as Joanna, you pointed out, is www.thekidopreneursummit.com. Mm -hmm. And my telephone number and my email address is mentioned on the website. So yes, a drop of mail uh, is definitely, or you can WhatsApp me at the number, which is mentioned uh, at the website. And yes, and I'll be happy to connect with the amazing children who are out there. Fantastic. And what parting words do you have with us? What last words would you like to share with us before, before we end this uh, podcast session? Well, I can just say that um, this uh, last four months of my life has been phenomenal. It has made me younger. It has made me <laughs> think more because I think uh, my entire topic was children and I can't tell you how younger and vibrant and flamboyant I feel because uh, you know my motivation were children so as uh, as a 43 year old adult if I can be motivated from such young aspiring children then just imagine what other children would be feeling when they see their counterparts doing phenomenal work and not wait till they turn 20 25 and then start their careers but start early start to grow start to unlearn start to you know deliver something which is beyond books and for that is what I need this global community to come forward and help me bring such children under one podium 
Yeah. And what I also like about the work that you're doing is that it shows just the natural progression, because I think sometimes people, people don't, people are very focused on multitasking and, and having five different projects uh, in five different industries, which is okay. But what you've proven to us through all of your businesses and your ventures is that they're all focused in one area, but just doing a lot of different things. So you've shown us that it's possible to be successful in one area and develop multiple projects in one area. And for you, it's working with kids. And that's a really, really important lesson and an important thing to see because we don't see it often. And I think it's, it's nice to focus and then you can see the breadth of things that you can do when you focus. I think sometimes entrepreneurs believe, okay, well, um, I'm not really an entrepreneur unless I've got 20 things going on and you, you, know, you want to multitask as women and we want to do all these different things, but you can also just focus on one thing, one area, one part of an industry and just do mm -hmm. so much with it. And that's what you've done with, with your um, deportment business and just working mm -hmm. with children and taking mm -hmm. it to the next level. So I'm very excited to see what you're going to do next. Thank you, Joanna. I hope I keep doing great work. And yes, because kids are inspiring, you never go out of work because they always give you something to work upon, you know. So I think, yes, I've been very, very grateful uh, to these lovely young souls to keep me inspired and to keep doing good work. And you, like I said, you look very young, so they're keeping you youthful as well. Yeah. Yes, it you, are young. you are young. You are as young as you are. <laughs> right. Thank you so much. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, thank you again for being on the podcast. Thank you for all the work that you are doing. And I hope that our listeners enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I enjoyed doing it. Um, I'm really passionate about your project and what you're doing. And I would love to see other women um, take up the mantle and replicate it in their countries or get involved with you. So please reach out. And until the next podcast, bye for now. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye, Joanna. Bye.